Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. I'm Tony Kerr and alongside me this week is Gareth the Brevo. Hi Tony. And Simon Delery. Good morning. Great to see you guys. Um, yeah, back after a one week hiatus. Um, chat on GFC and the Jeremy Cup to come. Um, but there's only one place really to start or one person I should say to start with. And that is Mayor Letizia. Um what a weekend she had. Um, she announced her arrival at Manchester United in some style, has to be said, on Saturday, scoring twice against Reading on her competitive debut. Um, those goals coming in, I don't know, the first few minutes, um, keeping a clean sheet too, um, as United ran out 4-0 winners, a United side, it should be said, um, containing a host of England's Euro stars from this summer as well. Um, but it was Mayor Dell making all the headlines. Absolutely. What, what an amazing start. First goal on four minutes with a looping volley. And then on 25 minutes, a firm header uh, to equal in 25 minutes her tally in 75 games for Brighton. Um, she's not been signed for a goal-scoring prowess, but those goals will come in very handy. And if she's going up for all those set pieces she, uh, and, and the service is as good as it was in that match, uh, she may well add a few more over the course of the season. So, yeah, absolutely dream debut. And it was really touching to hear her talking about the fact that uh, Dad, Darren, had uh, gone and surprised her by uh, getting the flight over to go and see that game. I mean, well, why wouldn't you? But uh, uh, yeah, it was awesome. What, what a day, what a story. Yeah, I bet he's pleased he didn't miss that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise he hadn't told her. I did see Darren's tweet um, when May was arriving through the players' entrance at uh, the Lee, the Lee um, um, Sports Centre Stadium there. And yeah, I mean, it was just—it was quite funny being at Blanche Pierre Lane, her sort of, you know, her parent club, I suppose you could say, about St Martin's, and um, the um, the game I was at actually kicked off a quarter of an hour late, so I was actually just sort of on my phone waiting for the game to start, and sure enough, Mayo scores, and, and then Mayo scores again. It was just an incredible thing. That um, yeah, it's just great that, like you say, Tony, she was playing alongside the likes of Ella Toon and uh, Alessia Russo, and she's the one making the goal-scoring headlines. It's absolutely fantastic, and. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's going to be hard to live up to that now, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dream Debut probably doesn't even really do it justice. I mean, it's that sort of beyond what Mayor would have, or would have dreamed of, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it it, it, uh, it pervaded uh, the scene at Foots Lane as well when I spoke to Steve Sharman after the Guernsey FC game. They were all aware of what was going on. And, you know, he was uh, speaking in glowing terms about uh, the, the uh, ambassadorial kind of role she's playing for Guernsey. Uh, as she goes about her business, uh, you know, creating these headlines everywhere. I do have to wonder, having seen quite a lot of the, the highlights of the game now and what have you, with her and Alex Scott, I wonder if there's something going on at Saints with not pulling your socks up because May is now taken to having the the sort of the socks down by her, by her ankles sort of thing, and it's it obviously does it does the trick because <laughs> Alex Scott's done so well and she's doing so well. It's uh, it's a uh, it's obviously the Guernsey look to have out in the professional <laughs> sport these days. <laughs> well, yeah, I saw um, someone had put together a bit of a, an edit of her um, sort of touch and passes and everything from, from that game against Reading and it, um, yeah it wasn't just the goals I mean her her delivery kind of from the back sort of out you know long balls kind of to both wings um, she particularly hooked up well um, you know with, with the, the players on the right hand side for United yeah I mean she looked just at home and, and you sort of you almost having seen her come through as we have you know watched and talked about her and talked to her for, for years now everything seems to be sort of taken in her stride and it's it's almost no surprise that she's just slotted in um, like she belongs there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like you say, Tony, her distribution's been very, very good for, for many... I mean, we're talking about a 20-year-old here, but it's, for many years we know how good she was distribution-wise. Um, but, I mean, the way she can just ping a ball, she's shown through her, the age group stuff for England um, how good she is at that. 
But um, yeah, she's just getting to show it on a bigger and bigger stage every week, it seems. And um, yeah, fingers crossed that um, one day, maybe this season, she'll get to show it off at Old Trafford when the United women go and, go and play at the at the Theatre of Dreams. Well, I'm sure. And, you know, we've spoken about it before, haven't we? You know, uh, that senior England call-up can't be too far away now. And it, we, we've sort of seen it, you know, or you see it on the, the men's side, don't you, where there is a sort of big club bias that, that well, certainly there has been in the past where players, you know, perhaps who, you know, you think are warranting of an England call who are playing for sort of quote-unquote lesser sides, you know, when they eventually get that move, then they're almost sort of straight in. I mean, I don't know, you know, clearly her performance on Saturday will have raised um, yeah, a few eyebrows, I'm sure, and, and got a few people talking. It'd be interesting, actually, to know whether in the, uh, in the mind of the uh, England manager, this is... Uh, a big club that we're talking about because I don't think it has been um, but it, the way things are looking at the moment it is well, obviously Manchester United is one of the biggest names in sport globally but uh, in the women's game you know they are sort of playing catch up a little bit but uh, yeah I mean her England appearance at senior level just feels utterly inevitable now it's just a question of time isn't it which what an amazing thing to be saying you know <laughs> uh, yeah it's amazing yeah as you say United um Gunning for that top three spot, uh, they finished fourth in the last three seasons. Sort of since they um, came back to um, to the women's Super League, having yeah, you know, the, the Manchester United women didn't exist a few years ago. After I think the, the Glazers wound them up um, not long after they took over the club. So yeah, but clearly it's a, a setup with a lot of ambition and certainly, yeah. and um, may have slotted in very nicely there. Um, well, I managed to grab a few minutes with her ahead of that glorious debut to find out how she's been settling in up in the north and what she made of her new surroundings. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, really pleased, settled in nice, nicely. Um, credit to the girls, they've been great with me. Um, so yeah, it's it's big. Um, it was a big jump up um, with the, the standard and the quality and things, but one that I love the challenge and I think I've kind of been doing well in training and just kind of getting used to the style of play that we want to play um, at United. So yeah, it's all been good so far. <laughs> Never really. I kind of just let my football do the talking. I think that's how you have to play it. Um, we're here to play football and, and do do a job for the team. So that will help us win. So yeah, I've just focused on football and obviously moving away. Well, I moved away from Guernsey when I was younger anyway. So it was it's kind of a similar step, obviously. Manchester and Brighton are completely different and quite far away, but it's been nice. I didn't really know too many people up here, but the girls have been fantastic, and um, yeah, I've settled in, settled in well, and just yeah, just just training and playing now. I think I just love to be a big part of the team and just do what I can to help the team win. That's what that's what our ultimate aim is to win games and um, see how far we can go. And obviously, we want to win every game we can, so. Whatever I can do to help my teammates and to help the staff and you know everything I can off the pitch as well is is what I'll try and help to do um, along with all of the other teammates and staff and things. We've got a really great group round here, so um, yeah, I think everything's kind of set in stone now for us to go and perform. I mean, you've obviously become such a you're, you were such a fixture in that Brighton team um, from such a young age or relatively young age. Have you already noticed kind of having to establish yourself? again with a new coach with a really experienced squad that it's already bringing more out of you as a as a player and a person yeah i think so i'd, I'd say obviously it's a different challenge now we're, we're expected to win every game um whereas at brighton you know we're not expected to win every game we play whereas here that's that's the aim um so i think yeah of course we've got a big squad this season but i think that's that's really good for our depth and whatever team is gonna go out and win is is 
is all that matters to me. So if I'm not playing, I, I can help my teammates in the other way, in any other way. Um, that's what I would do. And if I'm playing, vice versa, I'm sure my teammates will help me out too. So I think yeah, it's it's been a been a challenge, but one that I've like really enjoyed um, and will continue to enjoy as well. Yeah, does it feel like that? uncertainty around your place or having to prove yourself again it's like a, a real motivator and the kind of the right point in your career now it's sort of the right move at the right time I think so I you, you never know if it's the right thing to do but um for me I'll back myself all the way um whatever decision I make is is the decision it's going to be so I just need to put everything I've got into trying to put get myself on the team of course we've got senior internationals that have won you know, all the Euros and Olympics and things like that. So it's going to be difficult, but um, I love the challenge. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you mentioned the Euros winners. You've got a few in that squad from this summer. I mean, have you been able to keep keep them quiet in training? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> no, but it's, it's just so cool to be able to, you know, be teammates alongside, like, all of the England girls and stuff, because that's what I dream of, to kind of be in a team with them. So... It's, it's special to be able to play with them and to see what they've achieved over the summer is really inspiring. Um, so yeah, hopefully they can they can bring the Ray game this weekend um, and help us and throughout the season. But yeah, it's, it's a big squad collective. We've got a great squad, like unbelievable, and it's been been really competitive in training. I think that's that's good for everyone. Yeah, fantastic. And obviously, you know, sort of since your move to Brighton, you know, things have just gone from strength to strength for the women's game. To make this move now and yeah, to come into that setup where you've got you know Euros winners from this summer, has that personally been kind of really inspiring for you in this moment? Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's incredible to kind of see how far the game's gone. And I was at Wembley when uh, England were playing Germany. I just couldn't believe it. I can't imagine what it, what it would have been like to be on the pitch. So I think for all them girls to have them experiences, I think they deserve it. And it's you know something that the younger generation, people like me and, and younger than me, they want to be a part of one day. So I think we can just keep pushing and and hopefully do well and make the step step up and and help them um, with England as well. Maya talking to me ahead of her debut, as we say, um, I'm sure she couldn't have imagined um, how it was going to play out. But um, yeah, just fantastic to see, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing how um, how she takes things on for the rest of the season. Um, it's quite funny there, yeah, her talking about calling on her teammates to bring their A game at the weekend and um, and throughout the season. So, well, it's certainly her doing it this time around. Um, right, let's move on to things a bit closer to home. Um, as you mentioned before, Dell uh, GFC were at Foots Lane on Saturday. Um, a game that finished one all against Leatherhead. Uh, you were on commentary duty. I got down there for the, the second half, having been up at the last post watching a bit of the strongman contest. Uh, not taking part uh, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, I didn't see the first half. But when I got down there, um, yeah, a lot of people were, were telling me about the chance chances that had gone um, gone astray in that first half and, and in the end it was um, Sam Murray who put GFC ahead in the, after the break. Yeah, well it was um, it, it was 15th against 17th but you wouldn't have thought it. I mean the quality of football in the first half was pretty good um, and Guernsey were dominant. Well, dominant might be a slight exaggeration. They were certainly the better of the two teams and they had the by far the best chances uh, but they didn't take any of them and uh, obviously with, with GFC you often worry that uh, that's going to come back to bite them um, and indeed Leatherhead did come back in the second half uh, performing uh, considerably better. Um, they, when they did eventually emerge, they were f fully four minutes 
uh, in the dressing room longer than Guernsey were before they came out. Um, but uh, but it was Guernsey who took the lead. There was a, a, a ball um, sort of side-footed uh, with his right foot over the heads of the defence from Ross Allen that uh, Sam Murray let bounce, nodded it forward with his head uh, very nicely to sort of set himself up for a lob over the keeper, which was uh, pinpoint accuracy, just went in under the crossbar on the far side. And uh, that was Guernsey 1-0 to the good. And um, that you know, buoyed the crowd. Obviously, it's the first goal they've seen at Foots Lane so far this season. Uh, the first time Guernsey have had to defend a lead this season because the last time they scored, it was in the very last kick of the game against Sutton Common Rovers. Um, and they didn't really hold on to it for very long, unfortunately. Leatherhead were immediately uh, considerably better as soon as the goal went in. Absolutely f- uh, um, running at Guernsey, especially with um, Jermaine McGlashan on their right wing and um he, he was he was causing all sorts of problems and it was him who provided the um the, the beginnings of the attack that led to the shout for a penalty now from my angle i could see an arm outstretched from the guernsey defender on onto the back of uh, the captain tarpy um but looking back at the replays, there seemed to be very minimal pressure. Um, and he, you know, obviously was quite keen to take the opportunity to go down. So not surprisingly, there was dismay in the Guernsey ranks, but uh, Tarpey stepped up and um, sent uh, Martin the wrong way with his penalty. And it was one all. And then um, there were chances. I think even then Guernsey had the better of the chances. But in the last few minutes, it was Guernsey hanging on and Leatherhead uh, really coming at them. And uh, Ross Allen was, um, the way he put it, was that their legs went a little bit at the end. And they were quite pleased to hold on for a point despite their early dominance. So overall, I suppose, a fair fair result. You mentioned Ross there. You also spoke to Steve Sharman, who was in the dugout alongside Colin Fallows this weekend. Tony Vance on his crutches somewhere else in the ground. Um, Here's what Steve had to say. Goals change uh, games very much, and I think in the first half, uh, really early on, probably in the first couple of minutes, Danny had tailored an opportunity. And I think that may have set the tone for the game. Um, really, really pleased with the first half um, against a team who's got an exciting forward line. So um, it's another another sort of uh, four halves where we haven't uh, conceded a goal in open play. Um, and I thought they were they were good in the second half, and we had to battle really, really hard. Um, and uh, yeah, well, we'll have a look and see whether it was a penalty or not. Um, but uh, overall, you know, we're we're happy with the point because uh, we're just growing and uh, as a group. And um, and we've we, we you know we've now got another ten days off where we can really work with our players and uh, and prepare for the next game. Um, really quite a dominant first half without any goals to show for it. Um, was there a sense of frustration at half-time or were you just thinking more of the same please and we'll be good? Yeah, well, as I said, goals change games and, and when you have that much um, pressure in the opposition's box, I was really, really pleased with the amount of players that um, we got into the box and uh, and, and I think um, if we'd gone in at half-time and we'd been been ahead it wouldn't have been uh, a travesty in any any way so frustration no we were really positive with the players at half time and we already always know that um, after half time restarts are sometimes a difficult thing for us and um, I think they came up and they came out and their tempo was a little bit higher um, but, but uh, yeah we, we, we were really pleased with players players sort of like um, falling like uh, nine pins all over the pitch and regrouping I think we did about four different formations in the second half but got ourselves through and um, I, I sensed uh, perhaps a certain anxiety towards the end there you were having to do quite a lot of defending 
Um, is there is there uh, a sort of nervousness about the current sort of league position that, that makes makes things sort of you know let's hang on for a point when uh, when it, we're getting to the end of a an even game like that? Yeah, I think so. I think when you when players have worked so hard, you you want them to come away with something. Um, I'm always going to say that that no one scored against us in four halves in uh, in open play that was a and we don't know it was a dubious penalty so defending is is absolutely part of the game and um i think uh when we when we got ourselves settled when um after all our substitutions i actually thought we defended really really well so um i i haven't got a problem that's part of the game uh, there's no nervousness um we'll, we'll build again and uh, we got four points out the last six so i'm quite happy with that and no game again until the 1st of October. How do you feel about that? Well, it, it's, um, in one respect, it's good because it allows players to, um, to recover and to come back. And, uh, but it does a little bit affect your momentum. And, and uh, for one of our players who's suffering a suspension, that's a little bit of a frustration as well. So um, it is what it is. And we've been we've well accustomed, Simon, to, uh, to, under, to sort of, sort of um, um, playing in this league and being sort of... Uh, it's never been it's never been playing sailing so um actually after today if we had a game midweek then that may have been challenging for us game next saturday would have been would have been good but we'll, we'll deal with it and i feel i must ask you uh, your thoughts on the other big guernsey football story that happened today my Letizia scoring not once but twice on her debut for man united is that something you're all aware of this afternoon mm-hmm. what do you think of it well i was very aware because uh, a former colleague of mine at the football association was there and contacted me and was watching the game so i knew before before we kicked off or at half time whenever it happened that uh, may had scored too well she's a she's a wonderful ambassador for the island but more importantly and and for she's a absolutely lovely person and um has worked so hard so you know we we all our best wishes will go to her and um she's done this uh, off her own back and um long may that uh, continue that she scores goals and plays for england and um lives her dream steve Sharman speaking to you there after the game del and uh, yeah great to see sam murray getting his first goal we talked a bit about on the pod already this season about um, you know, the sort of clutch of new players and uh, of Prio players who've come into the GFC fold this season and particularly on the attacking side, Danny Hale back, um, Sam Murray involved, Wilf Zackley back as well, obviously after a bit of an injury run out. But yeah, I, I thought he took his goal very well. And, and I, I think one thing, I, I like to stand behind the goal um, down at GFC and, and one thing you perhaps don't appreciate or perhaps some of the supporters in the, in the um, stand might not appreciate is kind of when you get a bit closer to the action is how physical all of the teams that come over to Foots Lane are and, and actually how hard um, the home players have to work to kind of earn the right, if you like, to play. Um, you know, I spoke to Ross after the game and he was talking about that as well. You know, that, that it, it's a constant, constant battle and it is really hard. And, I, it's, I, you know, it will take a little bit of time for those players to kind of become attuned to what they need to do. And we've seen Sam Murray, you know, bully defenders in the Premier League, but, you know... it. Yeah, I guess it will take a little bit of time for even someone like him to get used to to how he's got to use his body and, and how strong he's got to be. Yeah, it's certainly a constant battle for Ross because everyone knows how good he is. <laughs> yeah. How many times I've been at GFC games and visiting supporters look at the team sheet over our shoulder up in the media thinking, oh, Ross Allen's playing. Oh, <laughs> so. But um, I'd, I'd have thought Sam Murray could learn quite a lot from Ross over the years, sort of do a lot of talking and training. But um, it's great for Sam to get off the mark because, I mean, all strikers, they want to score goals. We know how prolific Sam is in, in the Premier League where, you know, it, it's unusual for him not to score in a game. Whereas for GFC, like you say, it's a big step up and just being able to get off the mark now 
Um, that should give him a, a huge boost in confidence, and I'd imagine um, he'll go on and score quite a few this season. That combination of you know Murray and Fazakali just seem to give Guernsey a threat up front that they're not used to having. You know, with Ross Allen uh, in behind them, uh, providing balls forward, and actually, well, actually, one of the biggest sources of danger Leatherhead had to cope with um, in that game was the diagonal ball from uh, Jamie Dodd over towards Fazakali, which he dealt with really well with, with bringing those balls down and causing problems, and always had. Ross Allen there for support to lay the ball off to, um, so it, it just seemed like a, um, a, a, a an outlet for attacking options that they haven't really had in the past. You know, so many times in the past you've watched Guernsey FC knocking long balls up front and just thought, well, well why? You know, mm. um, so but they've been better off playing it on the deck, um, but that's not always uh, going to work against some teams. So yeah, then now they've got different ways of approaching it it's uh, more promising yeah potentially some encouraging signs then for the green lines five games in five points and they sit 15th um so yeah i mean I, you know there was a lot of optimism at the start of this season it's been a i suppose you'd say a steady start um uh, things are on the right track they've got a tough trip to chertsey town next um chertsey in fourth in the table that one in 10 days time and then they're back at foots lane on the 8th of october uh, for a game against Ashford Town. So, um, yeah, a little bit of a wait till we uh, see them back down there again. Yeah, it's going to be quite a while, isn't it? Um, why that is such a long gap? I mean, I guess there's cup games and trophy games and what have you uh, over in England. Um, but uh, and then I think in October, they've got five or six games. So it's going to be uh, a busy old time. So it uh, be something to look forward to. Thanks to Del for talking us through what happened at Foots Lane. Uh, Gareth, you're up the road at Blanche Pierre Lane, as you said, um, for a Jeremy Cup clash. Um, two uh, Jeremy games uh, in the island at the weekend. St. Clement were at Rovers and it was St. Brella, the visitors to Blanche Pierre Lane. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's always good to see sort of some different faces um, um, up at Blanche Bear Lane. Uh, I thought uh, the visitors, St. Brellard, were actually the better side for the first quarter of an hour or so. Um, well, probably for the first half an hour, really. Um, but they were very sort of organised, well settled, typical Jersey side, and all the players knew their role, in my view. They're up against a St. Martin's side who. Um, Took some time to settle, but that's not really um, unusual considering the amount of changes they made. There are a few people missing, people like uh, big players like Jake Lowe, uh, Cy Giel, Dom Yeom. They, weren't un- uh, they were unavailable for Saints this, this um, weekend. So, um, yeah, they did take some time to settle. But to be fair, Josh Addison in goal didn't have an awful lot to do in terms of shot saving. He, he made one save from uh, a Brad Stratford drive sort of in the first half other than that he wasn't he was he was quite busy in terms of his kicking and distribution but he didn't actually I don't know if he actually got his knees dirty to be honest it was one of those games um, after a while Saints did settle they started to come into the game more uh, it's still nil-nil at half time as the second half went on they looked the, probably more for, for their youth more than anything but they looked like they were going to last longer than St Brellard did um, so Brellard made a few changes to try and freshen things up it didn't really work for them after that funnily enough and um, yeah it was still nil-nil going into the 90th minute and I mean I was fully expecting extra time by then and to be honest I think extra time might have been sort of fair on both teams they'd certainly played their partner in a decent hard-fought match but um, it was a real quality goal from St Martins that won it in the end um, Rory Moriarty played a nice ball out to the left where Cowell Lasher um, found a bit of space and uh, he sort of looked up and he, he hit this long sort of curling cross to the far post and um, I was at the perfect angle because I could see Finn Duport just herring in coming on to the end of it and he met it first time really well on the volley and sort of straight to the bottom corner the keeper had no chance with it it was just a real quality goal to settle the game 
And then, um, yeah, there's about five minutes in the end of injury time. And it, typically it got quite heated in that five minutes because Saints then started doing a bit of game management and sort of trying to waste a bit of time and St. Bernard weren't having any of it. So a few, a few meaty challenges flew in in the last five minutes. Um, fortunately, it never really boiled over. And, uh, yeah, Saints uh, will be very pleased to, to progress because, um, yeah, like I said, it was, it was a tough test for them for a very young side. Um, but they, they passed it well. And, uh, yeah, a word must go to um, young uh, Zaki Odrofra, who was absolutely outstanding. He's 16 years old, um, making his first start for the, the first team. And it was just the maturity of his performance in the centre of the park, I thought, was was excellent. He just... He got the ball very always, um, always willing to accept the ball, whatever was around him, and he used it very intelligently. And he, he wasn't afraid to put his foot in either. But um, he was very impressive, uh, along with the rest of the the youngsters in that side. I mean, obviously, Duport scored the the winning goal. Uh, I thought Harvey Liu did pretty well in, in a bit of an alien position at right back for him. So um, no, it was it was, uh, it was certainly a, a hard fought one nil win. It's they didn't deserve to win by any more, but um, good for them to get through. And they might actually have the chance to face St Brellard in a couple of weeks again because um, Saints go to Jersey for the wee way in October, and it'll either be St Brellard or I believe Grooville. They've still got to play their their tie first. Well, it sounds like a, another Saints youngster to keep an eye out for this season. Um, Gareth, you spoke to Leo Meekin, Saints coach, after the game. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, look, I think that's a really difficult game for us today. Um, a real big test for a really young side. There was six players in our starting side today who were 20 or under. Yeah. Um, first start for Zacchio at 16, and he was he was absolutely brilliant. Um, so for for those guys, it's a great experience to battle through against the Jersey side. You know, they look a pretty good Jersey side, I thought, yeah. in spells. Um, but, you know, we, we we ground out another victory and um, I thought we just about deserved it, to be fair. They're sort of a typical Jersey side and they all know their jobs and they're doing well, don't they? Very well organised, yeah, very well organised. Took us about 20 minutes to get to grips with them and then after that I thought I thought we were fitter than them for a start and uh, the longer the game went on I thought the better we got. So, uh, But yeah, I'm delighted to win and, and great experience for those youngsters. Were you preparing yourself for extra time? No, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, I was so confident that we'd win it in the 90. All right, we left it quite late, but... When they'd made their three changes, they changed their shape and I thought that suited us a little bit more because they took a, a man out of midfield and we had the spare man in there and that spare man was Zacchio and he was playing some fantastic balls and I just knew it'd be a matter of time before we got a chance and, and stuck one away. And uh, yeah, great cross from Lash and even better finish from Finn at the back post. So yeah. I was going to say, in a tight game like that, it's nice to have a quality goal to win. Oh, and, and that's it. And you know what, we spoke about it at half-time a little bit. When when we don't have Dom, we've got to find other ways of scoring. When, when we're in those wide areas, we can't just put balls into the box and expect Dom to win a header. So to see the guys take that and, and Lash deliver a really deep ball for Finn who arrived late, um, I mean, that was that was great to see. Yeah. Leo Meekin speaking to you there. Gareth, um, yeah, so a good win for Saints um, down at Portsmouth. Uh, wasn't the right result for Rovers um, on the day. A topsy-turvy two-and-fro game against St. Clement ended up going all the way um, to extra time. St. Clement coming out on top 4-2 in that one. So yeah, I'm sure Rovers will be disappointed with how that one finished. Um, a couple more games this week on Saturday in the Jeremy. It's North against Grooville and Bells against St. Peter. Um, as for the Premier League, got a couple of games tonight, um, Tuesday, 
Saturday. It's uh, the first Grand Fort derby of the season, North against Valrec at the Northfield and Saints back in action as well against Rangers. So um, yeah, pretty busy week. Uh, another Priya game as well at the weekend, Rovers taking on Alderney. And just before we go, a word on Alex Scott. Um, Gareth, you mentioned him right at the top there, continuing to impress, of course, um, for Bristol City. He's been named in England's under-20 squad um, for the new season. He's down in Spain with them actually as we speak um, for three games against Chile, Morocco and Australia. The, sort of the first hit-outs in the build-up to the under-20 World Cup in Indonesia um, next summer. Um, England face Chile um, tomorrow night, Wednesday, um, before taking Morocco on Saturday and then uh, Australia next Tuesday. So another exciting milestone um, for Alex Scott there. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, right, we'll leave it there. Our thanks again to Rehoy and Son for their support of the Against Press Football podcast. Um, it's been a bit of a sort of stop-start um, to the season. Um, no show for obvious reasons last week, but we'll be back um, regularly every Monday um, for the rest of the season. So um, stay tuned. If you're not already, give us a follow on social media. At GSY Press Sport is the place to go on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Hit follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast as well to get every episode delivered straight to you. And pick up a copy of the Guernsey Press six days a week for the very best um, local football and sports coverage. Um, Gareth, thanks very much. See you next time. Cheers, mate. 